You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. So this morning, I want to minister a message that I hope is going to reset your faith. It's going to position you so that you can attract God's favor and God's grace. You know, family, it's easy to bless God, to praise God when everything is going well. It's easy to say thank you, Jesus, when all your prayers are being answered, when you are blessed, all your needs are met. It's easy to bless Him. But when things are not going your way, when you are doing everything to the best of your ability, you're doing it right, but you're experiencing wrong. Have you ever prayed that prayer and said, Lord, can't you see what I'm going through? Are you not aware of the fact that I'm being mistreated? I'm trying to do everything right, but they're treating me in the wrong way. Sometimes we think if things will just change, then I'll be happy. If my situation can just improve, I'll stop being frustrated. I'll stop being angry. Has your situation made you angry recently? Family, sometimes we trust God. But when we trust Him, we trust Him conditionally. What do I mean by that? Oftentimes when we face a difficult situation, we want to instruct God how we should solve the problem, when He should solve the problem, how He should solve the problem, and why He should solve the problem. We think we know best. We want to instruct the creator of the universe concerning our own lives. Let me see your hand if I'm talking to the right people here. The thing is when you trust God conditionally, I mean, your faith to trust God, to bless God, to praise God is based on conditions. The truth is there's always things we won't understand. And when you don't understand things, it's very easy to start to criticize a situation. Have you ever been in a situation where something didn't happen fast enough? The way that you thought God should move. When we trust God conditionally, it's very easy to become bitter very easy to become offended. So ask yourself, when you're praying about a situation, you want God to do something, are you mature enough to receive heaven's answer? Or are you going to continue to demand that earth's answer is better? Turn to the person next to you and say, God's ways are not our ways. Family, listen to me. God is sovereign. So you're not always going to understand His ways. Sometimes you want to do something in a certain way, and God might have a completely different plan or agenda altogether. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Jonah 3. I want to show you a situation here. You all know the story of Jonah. 
how God gave him instruction and said, go to Nineveh, this great and big city, go and preach to them, tell them if they don't turn from their wicked ways, I'm going to destroy the whole city. And how Jonah said, no, I'm not going to go there. He took another direction. You know what happened? He found himself in a storm. Sometimes when we find ourselves in a storm, we know we've had our own part to play. Amen? Sometimes you try and run away from God. I highly recommend that. If you know God has called you to do something, I highly recommend trying to run away from God. It's the quickest way to find out that God is in control. Amen? Anybody ever tried to run away from God? There's not a plan B. With God, there's a plan A. So you'll just find out that option B doesn't work. Verse 10. Then God saw their works that they turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Verse 1, chapter 4. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. The first thing I want you to know about anger, anger is a secondary emotion. You're not sitting here right now angry, hopefully not. But something makes you angry. The Bible says here, it displeased Jonah, and he became angry. Sometimes you think God should do something in a certain way, and now it doesn't happen in that way, and now you get angry. So we prayed to the Lord and said, ah, Lord. Can you see that emotion there? Ah. Have you ever ahed God? Don't raise your hand, amen. Ah, God. Was not this what I said when I was still in my country? God, is this not what I told you, the instruction I gave you? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Can you see the arrogance, the pride? This is what anger will do. Anger is rooted in pride. Him wanting to give God instruction. Verse 3, Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Then the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? Jonah wanted to instruct God in what he should do. This is mankind's problem. Can you see the arrogance in that? We want to tell God how he should do things. God... I knew you were going to do this. When you get angry, when you get angry, small little mole heaps will become mountains. When you're offended, small little mole heaps will become mountains. He said, God, it's right for me to be angry. It's right for me to be upset. Because you saved the city. You showed mercy to the city. If you continue to read there, he was upset. So he sat aside watching to see what was going to happen to the city. I don't know if a business partner cheated him in Nineveh. I don't know if it was an ex-girlfriend. But something about Nineveh upset him that he thought, 
the whole city should be destroyed. He had no intention to see them saved. So the Bible says he went and he sat down and he looked to see what God would do. And here a plant grows and brings him shade. And the next minute God sends a worm and the worm eats the plant. And then there's a wind that comes and the whole plant dies and his whole situation just gets worse. Let's read from verse 9. Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And he said, it is right for me to be angry even to death. Family, when you are angry, you start to lose focus. He is saying here, you know, this situation, what you are doing, God, it's so bad. I'm so angry with you. I just want to die. Can you see what it's doing to them? Who have you ever got so angry about a plant? I remember once the children didn't put the cap on the two-liter bottle of cool drink. So as I sat down, I bumped the cool drink and it spilled over. Said, who of you didn't put on the cap? I'm getting angry because I bumped it over with the children. Sometimes we surrender our emotions, our feelings to objects that cannot even hug us, cannot even love us, cannot even encourage us. And you get so angry about something like that. Here he gets angry about a plant. God said, verse 9, Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And he said, It is right for me to be angry even to death. But the Lord said, You have had pity on the plant for which you have not labored, nor made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should I not have pity on Nineveh, that great city in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left, and much livestock? God even has compassion on the animals. Amen. Family, faith is trusting God when life does not make sense. When you are angry, you will start to question the path that you're on. Faith is trusting God when life does not make sense. You don't need faith for the possible. You need faith for the impossible. That expectation of what God was supposed to do made him so angry that he lost focus. He thought it would be better for him to die. God knows what you are going through. God is aware of your situation. God allowed certain things in this journey of Jonah to get him to where he wanted him. Yes, the, the, the whale swallowed him, but that was part of God's plan to actually preserve him, to get him to that place. Do you know what's the good news? The Bible says there, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Say, thank you, Jesus, for second chances. Family, it is time to turn your anger into unconditional trusting faith. Faith that will trust God, not based on conditions. God can see things that we cannot see. God is aware of things that we're not aware of. In this plan, 
we're going to have to surrender our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. Oftentimes, I can tell you, things will not happen the way that you think it's going to happen. Think about a Joseph. The Lord gave him a prophetic picture of his good future, but then there was a lot of things in between he was not aware of. Sometimes life has got a lot of twists and turns. When we have conditional trust, it often makes us wonder about the path that we are on. Did you listen to what I've just said? When you have conditional trust, it often makes us wonder about the path that we are on because we start asking the questions, Lord, I want you to do this at this time. And if it doesn't happen exactly like that, you start wondering the path that you're on. But God is still in control. Turn to the person next to you and say, God is still in control. Say to the game, say, God is still in control. Family, listen to me. If there's something, I have to have this. That thing that you are desperate for. That thing that you're always praying about, God, you have to give this, you have to do this. That thing that you're always thinking about, always meditating about. Be careful that that thing does not become an idol in your life and becomes the very thing that takes you away from God. Remember when Jesus was being tempted in Matthew 4, when he needed bread, the enemy tempted him with bread, but he was never desperate for bread. If he was desperate for it, he would have sinned. Be very careful. Trust God unconditionally. Turn to the person next to you and say, trust God unconditionally. Sometimes you have to go to God. At least Jonah was honest. He said, God, I'm angry. Sometimes you have to go to God and just be honest. Amen? We sometimes come and we say, oh God, everything is fine. Everything is perfect. No, family, you can be honest with God. Your dreams, the things that you are trusting God for, remind Him of those things. Lord, I'm trusting you for this. I'd like to see this. Lord, I'm still trusting you for a husband. I'm still trusting you for this door to open up. I'm still trusting you for this opportunity. Go and be honest. The mistake that we sometimes make is that we have revelation of who God is and what God should do. But because we are man and he's God, we can sometimes still miss it. Because we look at it from a natural point of view instead of looking at it from God's point of view. Remember, John the Baptist stepped into that trap. Think about this for one minute, family. John the Baptist saw Jesus walking towards him. He had the revelation. He said, this is the Christ. This is the Messiah. I'm not worthy to tie his sandals. He had that revelation on the inside. Then he baptized him. When he baptized him, he heard the voice from heaven speaking and saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He saw the Holy Spirit come down on Jesus like a dove. I mean, what a faith booster. I've met the Messiah. I didn't just meet the Messiah. I had the revelation that he was the Christ. I heard the voice. I baptized him. I saw the Holy Spirit come down. This is the Messiah. This happened in Luke chapter 3. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus gets up and he says, I want to tell you something. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. 
to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. John must have said, I know that. I know it's written in Isaiah. I saw it. The next minute, he finds himself in prison. Luke 7 tells his disciples, please go to Jesus. Tell him, I'm in prison. Say to him, I'm in prison. The captives are supposed to be set free. Can you just say to him, is he the one or am I looking for another one? It's almost a bit of sarcasm in there. He's always saying, I've got the revelation. I've got the understanding. I heard the voice. I saw the Spirit come and set me free. The Bible says in the same hour, Jesus started healing people, delivering people, setting them free. He said to the disciples, go back to John. Tell him what he saw, what he heard. I'm busy with it. The blind are seeing. The lame are walking. The deaf are hearing. And tell him, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Sometimes we have revelation. We say, God, you, you must do this. You have to come now and get me out of this prison. Jesus is saying, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Sometimes God does not make sense. But God was busy with his assignment. Oftentimes, even as Christians, even as Christians have been serving God for a long time, because of the revelation that we have, we can get angry and offended with God. Why didn't you do it like that? We just have to give it to God. Remember, this happened to Paul. The Bible says, because of the abundance of revelation that was given to him, the Lord placed a thorn in his flesh. Three times he went to the Lord. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 7, you can go read. Three times he went to the Lord. He said, Lord, please remove this thorn. The Lord said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. When you are weak, I am strong. Family, listen to me. There's no reason for you to get frustrated. There's no reason for you to get angry. You would think now if... Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, goes to the Lord and petitions this matter, please remove this thorn, that the Lord would remove it. But he didn't. That thing that you are petitioning the Lord about, if that door has not opened, if that situation has not started to yield to your prayers, God will give you the grace to be able to handle it. God has given you the grace wherever you are to handle what you are going through with a good attitude, being happy, not murmuring, not complaining, but going through that situation. It is liberating to get to a place to say, Lord, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand what's going on. But I'm going to put this situation in your hands and I'm going to trust you. It's difficult, I'm frustrated, I'm going through some pain, but I've got enough wisdom and knowledge and understanding to know that you are God and I can put this in your hands, trusting you unconditionally, knowing that you are busy perfecting everything concerning me. That the plans that you've got for me 
are not plans of evil, but of good, to give me a future and a hope. The promises that you've given me, you're still going to do it. There might be a seeming delay. I might not understand, but I'm going to trust you unconditionally. Turn to the person next to you and say, trust God. You know what that means? Whatever you are going through right now, you can still enjoy life. You can still be happy. Why? Because you've got the peace of God on the inside of your heart. There might be a storm on the outside. Things might not make sense, but you can have peace. Sometimes we've been praying, asking God, and nothing has changed. The truth is, if God had answered that prayer when you wanted it answered, you might have missed out on what God had planned for you. Sometimes God is considering our prayer request because He's preserving you. If you had received that contract, it might have destroyed you. You might not have been in church this morning. Sometimes God is considering your prayer request because He's got something better for you. God hears our prayers, but He considers our prayer request because He wants what's best for you and for me. Unconditional faith, unconditional trust says, I might feel uncomfortable. It might be difficult. I might not even like it. But I'm going to put my life in your hands and I'm going to trust you unconditionally that you are busy perfecting everything concerning me. As I put my troubles, my cares, my frustrations in your hands, put your peace in my heart. Family, the truth is, we need God more than what God needs us. We're in need of God. The plans that He's got for you, they are good plans. Paul said in Philippians, he said, I've learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. He said, it didn't just happen, I learned. He said, I had to make a decision. I had to train myself to get to that place to say whether I have a lot or whether I have little, I'm going to be happy. Whether it's in the hard times or whether it's in the good times, I'm going to be happy. He made a decision not to allow anything to affect his heart. The truth is, all of us sitting here, you've got some kind of a thorn in your flesh that's not yielded to your prayers. Let me see your hand if I'm talking to the right people here. If that thorn is still there, God is saying to you, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. That thing that you are feeling weak in, God says, I'm going to manifest my strength in you, through you, with you, and my grace will be sufficient. Do you know what that does? It puts us in a position that even when we're going through a tough time, a difficult time, we can praise Him. Now in the hard times, I can say, Jesus, I love you. And in the good times, I can say, Jesus, I love you. Not only in the good times. This is what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they were facing the fiery furnace, 
What did they say to the king? They said, King, we want you to know whether our God delivers us or not. He's our deliverer. We are not going to change our confession because of the situation that we are facing. Family, listen to me. Sometimes life throws a fiery furnace at you. Sometimes life will throw a pit at you. Sometimes in life, you'll face a giant. Sometimes in life, you'll find yourself in a lion's den. It doesn't matter what situation you are facing. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will tell you the fourth person will always be there with you to see you through. In whatever you are facing, don't let your situation make you bitter. If Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had a different view, would we be talking about them today? Would we be mentioning their names? So sometimes when you go through these difficulties, protect your heart. When it doesn't make sense, say, Lord, I'm still going to trust you. Turn to the person next to you and say, dare to trust him again. Family, one thing that I've learned, you don't have to make it happen in your own strength. You don't have to manipulate people. You don't have to do any of those things. Give it to God. Get to a place where you can just relax and say, God, I'm going to do the possible. You do the impossible. Faith is not for the possible. Faith is for the impossible. When things don't make sense around you, to still say, God, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to exalt you. When you look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's lives, when you read the Bible, it looks like it was the end for them. But God said it's not the end. The situation that you are facing that seems like it's the end, don't get frustrated. Don't get angry. Don't start saying, God, why? But rather put your trust in God. I want to close with this. Job. Turn with me to the book of Job chapter 2. God's plans for your life and my life is always better than what we can think. What God has planned for you is, is bigger, greater, far more than what you can imagine, what you can dream. We see the situation around us, but God knows everything. Look at Job 2 verse 9. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. Family, we have to be very careful when we are going through a difficult situation, when life doesn't make sense, to take advice from people from a natural point of view. You have to hear what heaven is saying about that situation. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God, and shall we not accept adversity? And all this Job did not sin with his lips. If you go to Job 1 verse 22, it says, In all this Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. When it comes to attitude in life, Job's story is really a challenge to all Christians. The Bible teaches us that he did not sin or say anything wrong in this whole time. What do we learn from this? 
is that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It means that in that whole situation, Job did not get angry. Job did not get offended. Job did not get bitter. But Job made sure that he kept his heart pure. When things did not make sense, he protected his heart. Why is this important? Because God wants to bring blessings to you. Your heart, if I can describe it, your, your heart is a, a, a landing strip. The blessings ones to come and land. They've been around you the whole time. But your airstrip or your landing strip has not been cleared. There's obstructions in here, bitterness, anger. So those blessings cannot come. The Bible teaches us in James chapter 5 that we know the end intended by the Lord. That He's full of mercy and full of compassion. Does that sound like Jonah? He said, I know you are full of these things, Lord. We know the end intended by the Lord. Ecclesiastes teaches us that the end of a matter is better than the beginning. Do you know what that means? It's too early for you to get angry because God can still change that whole situation around. It's too early for you to get frustrated, despondent, bitter, because God can still change that whole situation, turn it around for you. A matter of fact, it was when Job started praying for his friends that God changed the situation. The assignment that God has given you, the reason why you have to keep your heart pure and clean is because it affects the people's lives around you. Jonah's case, it was the salvation of 120,000 people. I thank God for second chances. The Bible says, and the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to Nineveh. Go and preach to them. Family, we need to get to a place where we say, Lord, not my will be done in my timing, my plan, how you should do it. But Lord, your will in your time, in your own way then we'll stop getting angry and frustrated. Say, God, you be in control of my life. You have to change your focus. When you change your focus to the end result, joy will fill your heart. Hebrews teaches us about our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross. He went through the pain. Listen what the Passion Translation says. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy. Imagine Jesus was bitter because he had to die for you. He had not done anything wrong, but he became your sin and my sin. The Bible says, for the joy set before him, because he focused his heart on the end result. The end is better than the beginning. It's too early for you to get angry. It's too early for you to get frustrated. God is still busy working in you, with you, and through you. Sometimes when those doors have closed, don't try and kick them open. They might be closed to protect you. When you are praying, 
and your prayers have not yielded, don't question your prayers. Know that God is considering your prayer request. The blessings that God wants to bring to you, the most important thing, clear the runway. God brought blessings to Job. A matter of fact, the Bible teaches us he restored double back to him. But Job never in that time charged God with any wrong, never sinned against God through anything that he said. Make a decision to pass that test. Turn to the per person next to you and say, I'm going to pass this test. Say, Jonah got a second chance. I'm grabbing my second chance. Pass this test. Clear your heart from the anger, from the frustration, from the bitterness. Sometimes you will look at somebody and think they deserve to go to hell. Not just them, their whole family. As a matter of fact, their whole city. That's what Jonah felt was the right thing for God to do. But God saved that whole city. People that have hurt you, that have wronged you, God wants to save them. Why don't you start praying for those friends? Make a decision to turn that anger into trusting faith, trusting God. You have the God kind of faith on the inside of you. You have Jesus Christ, the Messiah, on the inside of you. All of the wrath of God the Father was poured out on Jesus to disconnect you from that. There's no reason for you to be angry. Yes, life might have wronged you in different things, but I want to encourage you. Don't look at that situation right now. Jesus focused on the end result. He focused on you, the joy set before him. Me, this whole world, he endured and went through it with joy, with happiness, rejoicing, knowing that you are going to be part of his family so that you can enjoy his goodness, his mercy, his favor. The end is always better than the beginning. God can still change your situation around. Make a decision past the test to clear the runway so that all those blessings, the restoration that God wants to bring can come and land easily and you can experience God's goodness. Siela. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website www.hoc.org.za Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.